0: Well, you could believe, Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion.
1: Well, what do you mean, biblical? What he means
0: is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real Wrath of God type stuff. Exactly.
1: Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living
0: together. That's
1: Enough, I get the point. What if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail, peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right, and we
0: can stop this thing, Lenny,
1: you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. You want some sexy, you want a laugh. Licensed to talk. License of Talk is brought to you by Good Speeds Beverage Center. 2202 Seneca Street. They got seltzers, heavy beers, light beers. Get Tommy off his ass and have him help you out at Goodspeeds Beverage Center. First in Buffalo, Fireman owned and operated 391 Abbott Road, custom t-shirts, custom hats. Get your custom gear at First in Buffalo. Mr. Submarine, 1977 South Park Avenue, serving South Buffalo since 1963. Lowest prices in town, Try the ham sub, salt and pepper. Tell them the license to talk sent you. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. They got a, You can book your private events there. A lot going on. The rocket is stocked and ready to rock. Go Bills. Vinyl Vibes. Check them out on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, and custom designs created by our boy Quails at Vinyl Vibes. Dog Ears Bookstore. Six Eight Eight abbey Road. Don't get your coffee from Timmy. You can get it from Tommy. Get in there, support a local business. Buy a book and read something. Charlie's Boatyard, Eleven Eleven Furman Boulevard. Great fish fries. Great sunset. Service is great. Drinks are cool. They will keep you refreshed at Charlie's Boatyard. The Colden Mill Restaurant and Banquet Room, eight three four eight Boston Colden Road, Colden, New York. Check them out, they're looking for cooks, sous chefs, dishwashers, have a great meal at the Colden Mill. All right, Marky, episode 71, we are joined by Ben Carlisle. He is a UB graduate, he's a resident of Buffalo. He recently ran a grassroots campaign basically by himself as a writing candidate for mayor. Mayor Ben, welcome what to nickname. the show. Happy to be here.
0: Did you give yourself that nickname?
2: I did, and I'm gonna keep it for a while. It's actually still my uh, email address, which is weird when I'm talking to someone from India. M-A-Y-O-R-B-E-N-4-B-F-L-O. Yeah, but I'm sticking with it. So like people
1: it. have asked me, who is this guy? He came out of nowhere, you had kind of a cult following. I don't know if you knew that when you when you ran for mayor. Tell us where you where you came from.
2: Um, well, I mean, I I came to Buffalo 18 years ago for school. I stuck around. I've never really thought about politics. I've been an attorney for the last 13 years. But uh, 2020 came and uh, and kind of woke me up from this coma I was in. I wouldn't say a coma, but I got rid of television about 10 years ago. I got rid of radio. I got rid of the newspaper. And I've just kind of been, you know, ignorance is bliss for a while. But in 2020, it got to the point where, you know, you couldn't, you know, ignorance was no longer bliss. It, it, it kind of required you to wake up and pay attention to what was going on. And I didn't like what I saw going on in 2020. I've been a lifelong Democrat, but they threw a lot of tyrannical restrictions in response to a novel coronavirus at us. And so I just had to wade through the issues and decide, you know, I don't like a lot of what's going on. And I certainly don't like my party's reaction to what's going on. And this mayoral race came on, and to, and to me, it was kind of a culmination of a lot of stuff because you had India Walton promising a whole lot of stuff that was basically just a furtherance of the, the stuff that I was not pleased with. And you had Byron Brown giving a rather tepid response, and, and I thought, you know what, I've been bitching and moaning on Twitter for the last, you know, year, but now's my chance to get up and actually say something. So, you know, I got up and said, said something. I didn't have any. Step out
0: from behind the Twitter. Some people don't do
2: it. Yeah. I well, for me, just getting on Twitter was a big deal because I hate social media. Like I said, I mean, in addition to getting rid of television and cable and all this other stuff, I also basically got rid of, I think I had a Facebook account way back in the day. Got rid of that, wasn't on any of that stuff. So for me, just getting on Twitter was a was a big leap. But then going beyond the Twitter sphere was an even bigger leap. It's
0: kind of good that you didn't, because people weren't digging Things up, yeah. It was like, it was, yeah, it was like it's like you're going to dig. It's like yeah, I got his library files. You know? Well, you know, people
2: did try to dig because it's weird. I, you know, I ended up getting 219 votes, so not exactly a huge threat. But that didn't stop Indy Walton people from digging and from going and like removing my signs anywhere they could. And I'm like, come on, y'all, I'm, I'm paying. Probably, for these. I'm paying for these, and I'm I, you know, I'm not going to win. You don't have to go steal my signs. It's a little petty, but they were also like digging into the the internet and see what they could find and what they ended up finding was like stuff from, you know, early 2000 when I would go to lockdown protests. Oh, look, there's been Carlisle. He went to a lockdown protest. I like, actually, I organized that when I didn't just attend it. So thanks for finding that dirt. You think you just found. Well,
1: what's interesting too is the the other two candidates spent mil- over a million dollars. Would you p- spend five grand?
2: A little less than that. I Jeez. think, you know, I haven't looked at the tally in a while, but, um, Spent a few of my own dollars, like maybe a thousand, little maybe a little bit more, and then I think we raised about twenty-five hundred bucks. So call it like four thousand-ish, something like that.
0: Raised and spent about four thousand dollars. But it wasn't like nice to be considered. Once they start digging things up on you, then you're a candidate. Right. Yeah, I was a little flattered. Actually, yeah, I was like, right. OK,
2: they're, they're going to dig. Um, and I was like, what are they going to find that they're going to try to go with? Because, uh, frankly, there's a few things that that would have you know made me blush, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah. You know, it's like how, justify the fact that you were at a lockdown rally. Uh, OK, I was at a lockdown rally. You got me. And
1: I mean, when it first happened, the primary first happened, I think there was a lot of people, especially in South Buffalo, in my neighborhood, they were in total shock. And they didn't know what to do. There was a lot of well, we got to get this guy to write in. We got to push the mayor to stay in. And I, I had a couple friends going. well, What about this Carolis guy? Why don't Why don't we talk to him? I think it was a total mess from the beginning, from the primary. But it would have been interesting to see you versus I call her India Wallace, <laughs> because we had this little thing where we would go around and call her Wallace. And then next thing you know, we were running into strangers Go, India Wallace. So we, we kind of played a little Jedi mind trick. It I was, like a lot. It was it. Once fun. Once you put it in the universe, type yeah, thing, the simulation. But that would have been interesting to see you versus India with you just being the writing
2: candidate. Well, what would be more interesting is in 2025, if it's the two of us together, because um, I don't think Byron Brown's going to run for a sixth term. I sincerely hope he does. I think at that point, that'll be 20 years under his belt. I think he would have proved his yeah, point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in 25, I think it's going to be two fresh faces. They're not fresh faces if it's me in India, but, you know, you're planning on who, running. You're, you're going to I'm play. certainly leaving it open. Yeah, it, absolutely. If she does, I would I mean, love you got to the see nickname. that nickname.
0: Nobody can take
1: that. <laughs> I would yeah. like to call you Assemblyman yeah, Ben, but
0: that, that nickname can't go away. Like if my nickname was Lightning, it would go away eventually, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not like Ben anymore. No. I, I told someone in city government, I'm, I got Mayor Ben coming on. He goes, Mayor Ben. Huh? He started laughing. He goes, I like that guy. I go, Well, I just don't know how to spell his last name, but I knew you know who I was talking about. Oh. but bouncing around from uh, now, you're. Uh, your father and mother were uh, educators. Yes. So you're bouncing around. How much did has that helped you being a lawyer and a future politician, knowing people from all over the nation?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's that, and also just moving around so much, it makes you. Well, there's two types of people. If you move around a bunch, you either become very, you know, shy and and don't have very good personal skills, or it makes you fearless. And and I'm kind of the latter. So you know. It, it, it frankly takes a modicum of guts to just have never done politics and jump up on a debate stage, but for me, I don't really care. Um, I don't mind new and interesting situations. I don't really get jitters, so I think for that reason, it's just helped me you know have some confidence that you know I'm in a new situation, but I'm going to make the best of it. But certainly moving around a bunch and, and just getting a different perspective to you know from the whole country, and just, it's definitely helped. And
1: you were telling me that you were involved in the movie business, sort of with your jobs. Tell tell the listeners about that. Well,
2: I think one of the functions of moving around a bunch is, um, I did watch a lot of TV as a kid because, you know, I would move from place to place and, um, and until I got my, my feet wet and I started meeting people, my best friend for a long time was, you know, my TV. So I'd go home and just watch movies and TV, movies and TV, lots and lots of it. And when I graduated from high school, my parents, right after high school, moved to North Carolina. And so I moved down there with them, and I did nothing for the first six months. I just slept into, like, 4 o'clock every day. And finally, my parents are like, you need to get a job or go live somewhere else. So my sister was like, there's a movie theater that's hiring, $5.15 an hour if you want to go do that. And so I was like, well, I love movies, and, you know, they're going to let me watch free movies all day long. So I went and did that, and um, I'm having my interview, and they tell me, you know, I don't know if you really want this job. It pays $5.15 an hour. We're going to put you in concessions. You're never going to get promoted. You're never going to get a raise, but you get to watch free movies. And I'm like, all right. So after like three weeks of my, uh, my, my drawer was always balanced, which apparently is like a major feat to like have your drawer be balanced. They're like, we see potential in you. So they put me in projection, which was awesome. So for like a year and a half, I I did projection. This is like, you know, back in the day when the movies actually came on reels. They're heavy. Yeah, you had to splice the reels yeah. together. You had to, you know, splice the trailer reel together. So you know, and back in that those days, the projectionist got to kind of choose what trailers got to go with what movies. And now it was you're like, important. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> exactly. So I was in the movie business. You know, they would send us like, you know, and, and you know, the, the reels would come in two cans and in the cans, they would have a whole bunch of, like, suggested trailers they wanted us to put. And we would just, like, toss them in the trash. Like, nope, we're going to put this one, this one, this one. And that was a ton of fun. And then, I so I did projection for a couple years. And then I um, was a manager of Blockbuster for, like, five years. So That's there was a time ancient. when movies were a very, you know, central part of my life. I still own But way, those things way also
0: many. traveling, like, that transcends a movie's television. Like, you can go anywhere. And oh, all that yeah. stuff is, like. We're at, we, we live in the same place the whole time. We're all watching the same TV shows, you know? Yeah, it's
2: a nice touchstone for people because, you know, I've been all over the country and, you know, that's the one thing. You know, sports, movies, but mainly movies, the one thing that you can kind of get people to... You can find a movie that everyone yeah. likes or at least a small group they of people They always like, say
0: you just find the girl that gets your movie references. And that's and then you're good. <laughs> Although
2: my wife grew up in India. She gets zero of my movie. Bollywood stuff, oh, like. she, oh, if I started quoting Bollywood, she'd get all that <laughs> stuff. But no, American movies, not so much. You know, if I have a buddy over and we say something,
1: you know, I don't know, like we're going to need a bigger boat. My wife's like, what, what are y'all talking <laughs> about? Zero. Well, let's talk about that. How, now, your wife, is, she's a nurse, correct? Uh, ER doctor. ER doctor. Oh, shit. Um, how do you how do you meet her? Ah, uh, the internet. Uh, <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is bizarre because Buffalo is such
2: a small town. We met all have... over the world. Yeah, they
0: only one place. Exactly. <laughs> we may have
2: bumped into each other eventually because it turns out we did have a few mutual friends in common when we when we met. But um, but no, plenty of fish. I think. I mean, it's been six or seven oh, years, I but yeah, plenty well of fish. Best. Yeah,
1: yeah, it worked. Wow. So sh- she's here when you meet her. Yeah. Oh.
2: Okay. Yeah. She actually came to Buffalo. So she grew up in India, but just before her 18th birthday, she and her parents moved to Buffalo from India in 2002, and then I came here in 2003. So she's actually been in Buffalo longer than I have. Wow.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, by a year. Story. Well, you, you go back. I, I, I got to talk about this debate because we watched it together. <laughs> you won the debate. Obviously, you know that, right?
2: Uh, well, in the moment, I didn't quite. I mean, in the moment, I felt good. Um, but I felt good after the first debate too. And the first debate, I'm not, I don't think there's a, we
1: got to talk about that because (laughs) so I'm watching the first debate and I meet jazz miles that night. I've, I never heard of him. I worked down here and all the signs were down here and someone goes, go see what those signs are. It was jazz miles. We don't take them down around here, (laughs) but, um, so we start Googling him and my buddy texts me. He goes, you know about this guy? He's a wrestling manager. I said, get the fuck out of here. He goes, no, look. So he starts sending me, like, wrestling promos, like, you know, like uh, Jimmy Hart would do back in the day, the old WWF guy. And then automatically Jim thinks this guy's got a shot. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think he For had a record, shot. For the record,
2: I beat Jazz Miles squarely. <laughs> yeah,
1: squarely. I didn't think he had a shot. I just wanted more of them. So then you go down a, the wormhole. He's in his house, in a room, selling weed whackers. I'm like, what? where is this guy, Ben? Keep this guy. And then, I mean, he went on a, a rant. When he got on in his opening statement, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, Buckle up.
2: I- yeah. <laughs> oh, You, you want to hear? A, I'll give you one quick anecdote about that debate, a Jazz Miles story. I don't know if I should tell this, but I'm going to tell it anyhow. Um, so before that debate, they put us in a in a room it's it's kind of like a small conference room and because we were there were four candidates we all had to draw numbers to see the order of the podiums that they put us in but after we grabbed our pieces of paper we're all just sitting there for like another 10 minutes waiting for the debate to start and jazz and i had met before we actually met at a anti-lockdown rally a couple <laughs> a couple months before um the debate and so we had only met that one time but we were friendly ish And so we were kind of chatting and he's got this American flag windbreaker on blue jeans and like a pair of sneakers or something. And his girlfriend walks in, who's like, couldn't have been a day over 20, maybe like 22. I don't know. Small dress. What she's wearing is probably irrelevant, but I told y'all anyhow. Anyhow, he goes, baby girl, what do you think? (laughs) The blazer? Or the windbreaker. she goes, I don't know, Jazz, like, I don't know, the, the blazer looks you know, more professional. She goes, nah, I'm going with the windbreaker. <laughs> but then Rod Watson comes in, he's, you know, Buffalo News. He was the, um, you know, because the, cause the um, Buffalo Association of Black Journalists co-sponsored that yeah. first debate. And I, I forget what function Rod Watson had, but he was kind of like coordinating everything. And he comes up to Jazz, he goes, Yeah, you can't wear that. He goes, why? He goes, nothing political. He goes, it's an American flag. He goes, nothing political. And so he takes it off and he... And so his, you know, he's
0: had to wear the
2: his baby girl got the ultimate. She won. I had knew to, it. had to put the blazer on. But otherwise, but for Rod Watson, you would have seen Jazz Miles give that opening
0: monologue with a an American flag windbreaker. It would have been even sweeter. Oh, See, yeah. But as a manager, he wanted the girl to come out like like Elizabeth. like yeah, Miss like, Elizabeth. He probably wasn't allowed out there. He's like it, Look at her. I Miss mean, Elizabeth would be the somebody goes, lady. what the
1: hell are you watching? And I'm like, uh, Jazz Miles wrestling clips. They're like, oh. <laughs> what? He's a wrestler? I go, no, he's not exactly. He's like a hype man. I could see him. do. I'd, honestly, uh, I didn't know anything about
2: him other than the fact, you know, he and I kind of, you know, are, are both opposed to lockdowns and that's the only thing I knew about the guy. Um, but now I know that he has a penchant for
1: American flag windbreakers. And I heard he had like a book like he was reading from like he like he his his opening statement was like very like not not crazy but bizarre and he was very serious
2: he's very serious yeah i wouldn't say he was crazy it was just it seemed it wasn't to be crazy i think
1: i think it was just the way he i don't know his eyes i, I don't know but he, he scared some people that's for sure
2: well, I tell you, the other interesting thing is, you know, I'd never done a debate before and it was a little hot up there. And I'm looking at Jazz, you know, he's got sweat, oh, sweat coming down off. and I'm starting to get hot. And I look to the, my right and here's Byron Brown, cool as oh, a cucumber, man. not an ounce of perspiration. Gee, I'm like, this guy's a pro. Oh, yeah. I was
0: impressed. Byron Brown is good, man. He, yeah. he remembers everybody's name. I mean, like the, uh, uh, Jim is like always impressed with the podium. He's like, the podium shows up like no, you're fucked and, the yeah he's like up. the podium's coming he's like it's getting set up dude byron brown's driver might be one of the coolest guys i ever met he had me laughing for like two hours and we were like waiting for and i was like he's got some cool people around him he's like uh i don't His know. driver
2: by the way is not a fan of mine because at that <laughs> at that first debate you know i said something to the effect of yeah i'm i'm huge environmentalist i walk everywhere uh, i didn't walk here today because it's like four miles and it's cold but yeah. um otherwise i would have um but you know at the debate that first one i think i said something to the fact of you know i'm I'm big on the environment i walk everywhere i'm gonna walk to city hall every day when i get elected which by the way when i get elected in 25 i will walk to city hall every day because it's like seven blocks i i'll absolutely do that and i said i'm not gonna need a driver i'm not gonna need a bodyguard um and i wasn't like insulting his driver i just was saying i personally won't need one to get to and from city hall like maybe to go out wherever but a buddy of mine was doing work in that guy's home like the day after the debate and he didn't even know that um that, uh, you know, my buddy knew me and he's like, you see this Ben Carlisle talking crap about driver, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, yeah. I did not ingratiate myself with Byron's <laughs> driver. I don't know, man. He's
0: cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: you had that, that first debate. um How did you feel after that? When you Sorry. walked away, I mean, obviously, you knew you weren't as crazy as the one guy. You were, you weren't as crazy as uh, India. And then, did you learn anything from uh, the mayor that day about being cool or anything? Um. Well, I don't know
2: how you make your body not sweat. I, if that's you know, something right? I could learn, if I could just tell my body, well, don't sweat. Just stay, just stay a, a nice, even ninety-eight point six. I don't know. That's the one thing I'd like to learn from him. And remembering people's names, like. That's, I, I'm kind of good at that if I make an effort, mm-hmm. but it, it requires an effort. I, I have the ability to re- forget a name inside of oh, a millisecond yeah. if I don't like tell myself, Jim, Mark, Mark, yeah. Jim. Yeah. I, I, and, but you know, that guy, that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I would just say like, you know, just, he's got some grace under pressure. It's a, it's a, it's a
1: excellent quality for a politician. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you've talked about term limits. I've heard you. And I kind of agree with you a little bit. I mean, if you look at the national level, I think a lot of things don't get done because we have some dinosaurs in there that are with no term limits. Um, I, I think people in the beginning were like, well, why is he talking about the mayor? I'm like, guys, it's a process. He doesn't have anything bad to say about the mayor. He's a candidate. He's running against him. Term limits are a good idea. Maybe we should look into that around around here, you know?
2: Yeah, I and, and honestly... I don't think it's just with the mayor. I, I would right. like to see term limits every. So uh, it wasn't me just necessarily going after the mayor. I, uh, anyone, I think two terms for any elected office all across the country. And I'm not saying like two terms and then you're done in politics. Just find some other, you know, government teat mm. to suck off of after yeah. that. You know, be mayor, then go to Congress, go, to, go do whatever you want. But yeah. if you're in one position too long, um, it just gets a little stagnant. And I think honestly, it, you know, I moved to Buffalo in 2000 and. Three, um, you know, I think the mayor was elected in 2005, so he's been the mayor that you know since I've been here almost the entire time. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's unquestionably gotten better under his watch. Absolutely, I just think we have the potential to go to the next level, and and he hasn't taken us there. Uh, he's certainly brought us out of the doldrums, and but the question is, is he going to take us to that next level? And the the next four years remains to be seen. Now, I hopefully. He has no plans on running again in twenty five so hopefully he makes these last four years count but let's I hope we start shooting for the stars because we have so much potential, and you know now that he hopefully doesn't have to worry about reelection doesn't have to worry about
1: keeping people happy i I hope he he sh- you know swings to the fences choose I, your no, metaphor yeah and i I said and we'll get to the St. Joe's debate in a little while, but um I said they should call Ben Carlisle say, "Hey Ben, help out this administration. what would you do if?" The mayor called and said, I'd like to sit down and talk to you.
2: Um, I'd certainly take the call. They, they kind of flirted with the idea. I'm not going to use any names, but a couple days before the, the St. Joe's debate, I want to say it was two or three days before the St. Joe's debate, I, was, I took a walk over to um, Maine and Utica. There's these really cool kids over there that uh, they clean trash every Saturday. Um, the clean team, I think they call oh, themselves. The impact F- team? They're 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 Mafia fourteen is their they're like a rap group, but they also clean trash on oh. Saturdays.
1: Yeah, they do it on their own. Oh, this yeah. isn't this isn't the mayor's oh, okay. TV. No.
2: And this is neither here nor there. But I, I was walking from my house to Maine in Utica and I happened to walk past the Teddy Roosevelt Library and it was early voting and one of um Byron Brown's people was standing there, you know, handing out literature and it's always weird when someone goes, Ben Carlisle, and I'm like, right, <laughs> yeah. Very formal. Mayor uh, yeah, <laughs> Ben but, to you, buddy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but she, you know, and she was like, you know, I work with the mayor, and and um, and we think you're great, but it would be real nice if you just got out of this race, and, you know, maybe you'd like to, maybe if, if the mayor called you, would you take that call, and maybe he'd want to, you know, bring you into his administration, yada, yada, yada. I was like, you guys need to calm down. I'm not a serious threat to your boss. He's going to win, but I'm going to make my points. Um, you know, and let's talk after the debate. And you know, I, I said I'd absolutely pick up the phone. I would chat with him. She goes, "I'm going to have him call you. I'm going to have him call you." And he, he never did. But yeah, I would pick up the yeah. phone. Um, I'm not we sure. We knew that person, the the empty promise person. <laughs> that, that was our buddy. <laughs> um, but I told her, you know, I I had the same job for 13 years, and my wife let me quit my job October 1st to concentrate solely on the mayoral race and the idea right now of going back to a 40 hour a week gig is just like so disgusting uh, in my mind i am so enjoying not being employed right now so and your wife's
0: an er doctor yeah and you guys have no kids D- yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, like it's, it's like your right. it's coming true yeah and to make all it all the clear very uh, smart people just not having kids I want one though, just
2: for idiocracy reasons. I would like to have one kid, just to kind of counterbalance all the other procreation that's going on in the world. But um, and to be clear for your listeners, I'm not just solely living off my wife right no, now. No, no, I do have. I have a few rental properties. I have some money coming in, so I'm not just a. You're an home attorney. We know you're bum. smart. Yeah.
0: It wasn't. But for the radical. women's
2: liberation people out there who think I'm just you know living off of my wife, it's only
1: 90% accurate. So who
2: would you? Ha- When it goes by the council, who's your councilman where you live? Uh, He actually lives two doors down from me, Mitch Nowakowski.
1: Okay, and he's not doing a bad job. I was hoping you were going to say Joel the Rat. but um,
2: (laughs) No, Mitch is a great guy. I actually know um, I've known Mitch for a long time, and he's a great guy. He's
1: doing a good job. Yeah. I I I don't follow
2: local politics that much, but I follow him on Twitter, and and when I see him pop something up on Twitter, I'm like, oh, good for you, Mitch. I like that.
1: He's real standing up for the – people in the parries right now because they want to put the stadium down there and we'll get to that too yeah. um so I hope the mayor does call you because as a city resident I'd like to see you involved in this city somehow yeah I mean I wrote down Byron Brown but I had to because it was like it was well unique. we we're we, from South just, Buffalo so the South Buffalo we knew that it needed a The South Buffalo Mafia Irish mob came door to door and said, you better write them down or you will be banished from the land. Nobody said that. So, (laughs) no, that's just a joke. The other one I tell is I went to write my name down and I got so brainwashed. I wrote Brian Brown down. (laughs) Well, I actually did write
0: my own name down and it felt great. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) it's nothing against you. I just know that it counted so much
2: more at this time. You know, I had so many people and by that. I mean, at least five who came up to (laughs) me and said, you know, I love you. You won the debate. You have my support, but I'm going to have to vote for Byron. And I told everyone that's fine. you know, I, as I told y'all, you, you know, sort of off audio before we went on, my primary objective was to make sure Indy Walton did not get elected. I'm completely fine with, with what happened. And honestly, I think it's going to open some doors for me if I want to stay in politics. Oh, further. I think I made, um, you know, I didn't get a ton of votes, but I think I made... Uh, I think people know I'm a serious candidate if I try to do this again in the future. So um, to the extent I do try to do it again in the future, I'm not just going to be this kid from left field. I think
0: I'll be somewhat of a known quantity. So it wasn't a complete waste of my time. Right, Um, because we listened to the debate, and, you know, like, Byron Brown just had to stick up for himself. And India was getting these questions where she was blanket statementing. And then, like, when it came to you, like, you kind of took your question, but you're also like, this is what the mayor does. Like, you're teaching her what the mayor actually did.
1: Yeah, like when it no brought up idea. schools, you're like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, do you even know what, not what the my mayor job. <laughs> yeah. oh, this, this This, my job. Is that how you
0: felt? Like, you were just like, I just got to tell her that that's not what the mayor does. And then I'll answer my question. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: she seemed to think that she was running for, like, emperor of the world. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. she was going to solve water, and she was going to solve energy, and she was going to solve roads, and she was going to solve this. And I'm like, you realize that the mayor's job is very narrowly tailored here um the common council has a lot of power the school board has a lot of power and not to say that the mayor in this town doesn't right but the mayor in this town doesn't control everything and she didn't seem to grasp grasp those very basic facts she had she had a they gave her a script and one of the you know you guys heard all of it but it's like i believe the people who are closest to the problems are closest to the solution she probably said that nine thousand times and if you listen to these other progressive leftist that's one of their catchphrases these days so it's like yeah. they gave her like 10 or 12 of those little catchphrases to memorize and i mean she she memorized them she yeah. had them all, she, she didn't skip a i didn't beat. think she was bad i just She's was not like, bad it's just it's were just, you
0: answering any questions i don't think I feel like she answered a question ever
2: when I, well, so here's another like tiny little <clears throat> weird anecdote as i'm walking you know to help pick up trash the saturday before that debate and i stopped and was chatting with one of byron brown's supporters one of india walton supporters sees me and goes hey ben and i'm <laughs> like yeah. He goes, how's the debate prep going? I'm going, I said, well, I'm doing it right now. You know, cause that was my debate prep. I'm, I'm taking a walk and yeah. I'm just going to kind of think about things, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have any mock debate with the, you know, a fake opponent. I Ooh. didn't do a mound of research. I just took a walk and I thought like, all right. Here's my debate prep. Every time they ask me a question, I'm gonna answer it honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's not too hard. Well, With yeah, my knowledge pro- of how politics work, yeah. right?
0: I mean, were you were you into politics before? You follow anything closely, or? You, well, when I was a kid, I did follow things really closely so that's because how Jim was here.
2: Yeah, because I'm like I said, I moved around a bunch and. Um, and every time I moved around, it, it, it did take me a, a little bit to kind of get settled in. And so I'd watch a lot of TV. And one of the shows I always watched, I would run home from school every day and watch Crossfire on CNN at 4.30 every day. Now the idea of watching CNN makes my skin crawl. But I, you know, as a young adult, or I this was probably like ages, you know, maybe 12 to 18, I was able to stomach it. And I, re- I really was enamored with politics as an early age. Um, and I was, you know, always voted. I, you know, was... I I never gave money to candidates. I never like knocked on doors. I never got involved in that sense. But I was always aware. I mean, there was a time when I probably could have named you most of the senators, and now I could, you know, maybe name ten of them. So I, I used to be really up to date, uh, and then and then I got like like I said, ten years ago, no TV, no radio, no social media, no paper,
1: just kind of. So that that debate uh, at St. Joe's, Pina gave you props. He said this wasn't a debate until Ben showed up something along those lines.
2: Well, I think what he was getting at, um, I think he said something to the effect of the debate wouldn't have happened, but for Ben Carlisle and what he meant by that. And I'll give you all a little context is um, after that first debate, the um, the Meriwether debate, a lot of places in town tried to get Byron Brown and Indy Walton to debate again. I think channel four reached out to both of them. He said, yes, she said no. Channel 2 reached out to both of them. He said yes, she said no. And her deal was, he didn't want to debate me in the primary. I gave him one debate in the general, and that's all I'm doing. I'm not going to give him any more debates, which to me is like a really horrible mindset because the debates are not about Indy Walton. They're not about Byron Brown. They're about giving the voters informed choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just it was a very narcissistic way to look at it. I, me this, me that. It's not about you. Um, so like I said, a lot of people are trying to get a second debate going, um, but no one else was reaching out to me. No one else was reaching out to Jazz Miles. Channel 2 only wanted to have those, Indy Walton and Byron Brown. Channel 4 only wanted Indy Walton and Byron Brown. Well, so St. Joe's started organizing a debate, and they reached out to me, and, and Ted Line is like, hey, would you do this? And I said, absolutely, I'll do it tomorrow. He goes, well, you know, the, the mayor has said he would do it, but we're still trying to work with his schedule. We'll get back to you. And I said, okay. Um, so like two weeks go by. He gets back to me He says, you know, Indy Walton has flatly refused. Uh, we haven't heard from Jazz Miles, but the, the mayor says, yes, so we're go for, I think it was October 27th, 9 o'clock, we're going to do it. I said, okay, great. Um, but as we get closer and closer, I don't see any press release. I, no one knows there's a debate going on. So I reached out to Jeff Kelly at Investigative Post. I'm like, have you heard anything about a debate on October 27th? He's like, no, between who? I said, I think it's between me and the mayor. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like... Well, that's what they tell me but i've never met this ted line a guy in real life maybe he's just some guy jerking yeah. my chain on you know because <laughs> he was just you know he called me email me i'm like you know as far as i know there is a debate and, and i'm invited but i i see zero mention of this i was googling it as we get closer <laughs> zero mentions yeah because it um,
1: happened boom boom like a, but, but at least the, in the public side. but
2: it, but we they reached out to me, I want to say at the end of September. So this was like, it was a month leading up to this that, you know, we picked dates, blah, blah, blah. Any other Friday before that debate, Indy Walton for the kids, you know, because there was going to be kids in the audience that that's why she would finally show up. So, but it was originally just going to be you know, I think they, what they did was, and it was pretty smart on St. Joseph's part. They said, "Okay, we dare you to not show up. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna schedule this with or without you. It's gonna just be Ben Carlisle and Byron Brown. And if you don't show up, you're gonna look like a ridiculous coward. So you better show up." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and once they announced it to the media and said, "Hey, we're gonna do this with or without you," then she very quickly said, oh, "Okay, I'll do it well, and then I'll she, do it for the kids," right, which it. is absurd. So, uh, so I say I think, that
0: too, though. I say I do things for the kids. Yeah. So I think what said was at
2: is that you know but for maybe using ben carlisle you know to try to force her hand there there might not have been this debate um and i think he's
0: right she was not gonna Ah, say yes that so that had some underlying meaning
1: yeah Yeah. Uh -uh. well i'm just glad jazz didn't show up with a foreign object in his tights (laughs) and hits hit you with it
0: he gets
2: disqualified (laughs) he he did did, did, apparently show up that morning because they you know they had reached out to him apparently he said no and and I got there that morning, and, and there was a little Jazz Miles signed right in front of St. Joe's. And I said, is Jazz here? Is he going to debate? And he goes, well, he tried. He's, you know, he said no. And then at the last second, he said yes. And they told him, look, we've already got the format. We've already got whatever. We, we just can't work you in. So, um, His hype
1: video using the temptations, hold on, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to find all this. I couldn't yeah. find anything. Oh, well, I'm I'll not that savvy. Anyway. I'll, I'll, yeah, I got a lot for
0: you. Well, um, I also think that, you know, when you run for mayor, I think Chris Scanlon will run.
1: I, I, I think. Yeah, we've had Chris on the program, and he, he's a good friend of ours. I think it might be you and him. It could be. You know? Scan's a good dude. You saw how many
0: radical people came out. That's, she got a lot of votes. A lot. Yeah. We, a lot. Yeah, well, thank, I mean, she God, got...
1: Thank God, not enough. I know. Yeah. But it was...
0: I mean, it was... <laughs> How I many did she get? It? I think she got about twenty-five thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's the average of what the winner got in Buffalo.
1: Like, you and know? everybody was going, "Well, she's got eleven. She can't get more than this." When I see 25, twenty-five, I was, I was like, like yeah. "Jesus Christ! We need to educate people around here." <laughs> Where are these people coming from? No, but well, I, I watched when Mark. I go, Mark, you coming over and watching the debate? He goes, yeah, I'll come over. So my two-year-old son, me, and my father, who's the director of uh, deportation at ICE, when he, I mean, he's been re- retired for a while, and we all said, we're like, Ben Carlisle won this debate. Yeah, so, I mean, you're, you are very vocal about the mandates and shots and this and that, um, and I'm in the restaurant business. I'm a bartender. Friends that are bartenders. The day before the biggest bar day in Buffalo, we got mass mandates. And I went out. It wasn't as crowded as it usually was. And these guys got their balls kicked in for a whole year. Finally, they can make some money. I, I, I don't know where to begin with this because it, it's just... I'm not a scientist, Ben. You're not a scientist. Marky does play one on TV occasionally. <laughs> but... um. This is a tough time in life right now in the world. Yeah,
2: well, I think, you know, we're not scientists, but we have
1: common sense. We
2: have common sense and we have. A world of information available to us in these computers and via the internet and the information is out there the truth is out there it's being censored left right and center but you can find it if you stay really really up to date you almost have to look at it daily because if you don't look at it daily you know something's going to be rabbit holed or not rabbit holed. it's going to be obliterated but if you stay up to date you can find the truth and the truth is I don't mind if people wanna wear masks, but they just don't work. Seven states never had a mask mandate. You look at those seven states and you compare them to similarly situated states that have similar density, similar population, their trajectory did the exact same thing. They just don't make a difference. You could maybe make a case for N95 masks if you wore them properly fitted all day, every day, but you can't breathe in those things. You can barely breathe in the other ones. the other thing is even with those that what you need is when people are sick, they need to stay home. I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone wearing a mask who I generally don't see wearing a mask. And I'm like, Hey, Bob, Cliff, Joe, why are you wearing a mask? Oh, I'm not feeling too good today. So I thought I'd put the old mask on and I'm like, well, here's the deal. If you're not feeling real good today, you should be staying home. That's kind of this, but the masks, you know, number one, don't work. But number two, I think give people a false sense of security. Like, oh, well, I'm sick, but I've got my mask, so I can now go out. No, you're sick. you talk about mask Stay home. confidence. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for just two reasons. Number one, they don't work. Number two, they give people a false sense of security. Number three, they have horrible, horrible deleterious effects on kids, you know, especially young kids. They need to be... We learned so much from each other doing facial cues. Like, it would be... I, Watching someone like a waiter or bartender try to crack a joke when they've got a mask on—you have zero clue if they're if they're joking, if they're being serious. Everything—it's a text message.
1: I yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I I ran into that a lot. Yeah, I'm like, fucking joking. Pull the mask down. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, because you're right. It's it's, especially with me. My yeah yeah we, you know you're, yeah, you i know you, when you're serious yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah we we give so much We without even realizing it human communication is so much through through facial cues um to the point that we don't realize it until we start covering up our entire faces so um i like to tell people though as much as i don't believe in masks because the science is very clear there's a hundred studies that say they don't work they tried it in the 1918 spanish flu it didn't work so we waited a hundred years before we tried them again because <laughs> they thought surely humans after 100 years would forget the fact that they didn't work a 100 years ago no we all still remember there's still articles in newspapers and lots of research and for the last 100 years since the 1918 spanish flu we've been studying the efficacy of masks trust me if they worked they would have told us a whole long time ago to put them on if you go back to tony fauci's april of 2020 90, or 60 minutes interview he lays it out as clearly as anyone ever could, explaining why they don't work, why they're not necessary. Of course, he then changed his tune. But if you go back and listen to what he said in April of 2020, true words were never spoken about masks. They just don't work. So if you want to wear them, great. I'm not anti-mask, I'm not going out there trying to rip them off people's faces. I'm not ridiculing people for wearing them. If it gives you an extra layer of security, fine. I, I, don't wear it if you're sick, stay home if you're sick. But if it makes you feel better, wear a mask, wear two masks, wear three masks. Where I have a real, real, real big problem is when you try to tell me I have to. When you try to force people to uh, institute mask policies in their own establishments, everyone is sick and tired of telling strangers what to do. It, you, when someone comes into your bar, into your restaurant, you want to make them feel at home. That's the whole, you know service industry is about making your guests feel welcome if you start off your encounter with someone in your restaurant on a bad note oh sir you have to put that mask on oh sir you you have to be seated oh sir you have to stay three feet apart oh sir don't remove that partition no one wants to do that so for the people who are ultra afraid of this virus stay home uh but here's the deal you're gonna be staying home forever because This virus is with us now forever. It's endemic, it's never going anywhere. And every November and December, we're gonna see spikes because it's seasonal. When the weather's warm, people are outside, it transmits less. When it's cold and people are inside, it transmits more. Capacity restrictions do nothing. Mask mandates do nothing lockdowns do nothing. In fact, all these things just exacerbate the problems, especially lockdowns, which lead to higher, you know, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, child abuse, spousal abuse, depression, bankruptcy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So all these things just have horrible ancillary effects. They don't have any net benefit. uh, And we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, What's Einstein's definition of insanity, trying the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Right now, in the first not to like crap on vaccines. Cause I, I think they have a time and a place. And uh, I think for certain elderly people, for people who are vulnerable, maybe they make sense, but they're just not working the way they told us they would. We've already had in the first nine months of 2021, we had more COVID deaths in the U.S. than the entirety of 2020. We had no vaccines in 2020. We've had them readily available in 2021. Um, two or three days ago, Mark Poloncarce announced, We had more daily cases in Erie County than we've ever had during the entire pandemic. We've got 75% of the adult population in Erie County vaccinated. So we've got way more people vaccinated now than we did in 2020. And we've got, like I said, in the first nine months of 2021, we already had more COVID deaths in the US than the entirety of 2020. And we're on pace when, when 2021's over, we're gonna have a couple hundred thousand more COVID deaths in the US in 2021 than we did in 2020. And again, that's with these um, vaccines. So at some point, we're gonna to have to admit that while the vaccine's having a time and a place for elderly people and vulnerable people, um, they're just not working to bring down these numbers. They're not working to bring down the deaths. And some might argue that they're making things worse because they're kind of driving these variants. Clearly, the numbers are getting worse. Whether it's the vaccines failing, whether it's the mass failing, I, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you exactly what's going on. I can tell you though, that our mitigation strategies are not working you can't fight a seasonal flu or seasonal virus you just have to learn how to deal with it and you learn learn how to protect the vulnerable that's the only thing you can do is protect the vulnerable quarantining healthy people makes zero sense They
1: just go crazy Crazy. yeah Yeah. now i have to dip my toes in the water when i i haven't seen somebody in a while you don't know you don't know because i've ran into someone and i've turned to him going holy shit he fucking lost
0: it i know like even like my mother i'm like uh, don't say anything because she's scared, you know, well, that, like that too. They're yeah. Cause scared she don't her to people. think that I'm like this radical person that I'm going to go, you know, but like, sometimes I say things and she's like, Oh no. I'm like, you're just really scared. I, I lost uh,
2: sadly a lot of friends um, through this ordeal because I think what people get really the most upset at is if you aren't afraid right? It's like, well, why aren't you afraid? And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm 40 and I'm in excellent health and I, and I know how to review data and I know how to understand science. And I know that I have almost a zero risk of
1: with a doctor. Yeah. So (laughs) it's
2: like, I understand what's going on. I understand how to keep myself safe. I get lots of sun. I keep my vitamin D levels high. I exercise, I eat right. Mm -hmm. I'm just not afraid of it. But if you're 80 years old and you've got a BMI of 53, you ought to be afraid of COVID. It's very serious for some people, and it's not serious for others. So everyone has to just understand their own level of risk and deal with it. And you can't make me afraid of it. I'm just not
0: yeah. afraid. Um, and, like, for those people who are listening who have people who are sick with this and lost people, it's like, I I know it exists. But, like you said, there's a variant. Like, yeah. you know that some people are immunocompromised and like you said, obese and stuff like that. I'm not shitting at, I'm not like saying that like this doesn't exist.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. And and people tell me that, oh, you're a COVID denier. I'm like, my wife is an ER doctor. She's seen countless people die (laughs) from this disease. Like I, I absolutely take it seriously. I understand the risk. I mean, she's come home crying when coworkers have died. Like it's deadly serious for a lot of people. But the fact of the matter is it poses almost zero risk to kids. There are 73 million kids in the United States, less than 400 of them, have died from COVID and every single one of them had serious underlying medical conditions. I mean, someone do that math at home if they wanna bring a calculator. 400 kids out of 73 million and all of them died with COVID, not from COVID, they all had serious underlying conditions. Not one kid has caught COVID at school and died, not one. All of those 400 kids who died were not in school, they were all seriously ill to begin with. So your children are fine everyone up to about you know the age of 40 is is mostly fine of course they're going to be those aberrations everyone you know someone might think they're perfectly healthy but they might have some underlying condition that they're unaware of and you're going to find that out COVID could hit them seriously yeah absolutely but you
0: can't live your life in a bubble Um, right I think that that's the fear like you know and then like mandate like what I don't even know what that really word yeah it's not a law like like and then like when I talk to my mother about this I'm like he mandated it, and she's like, we elected him to make laws. And I'm like, but the mandate isn't – what is a mandate? I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> um, suggestion almost. Strong I mean, does it just say, like, know. things I, that are, like, licensed under Erie County, they are affected Is like you get your, you know, health inspection from Erie County, but, like, you get your liquor authority. Like, the liquor authority is not coming down on restaurants being like, hey, anybody that serves liquor – put a mask on you know
1: yeah yeah like,
0: here's what i know about mandates they're not laws that's
1: that's <laughs> the only that's the only thing i know right. uh,
2: the only thing i know uh, uh a direction from mark colon cars is not a law a mandate from mark pulling cars is not a lot he tilted his head it, and he oh, looked he right into the head. camera and said it and he yeah. said i don't want
0: to do this I'm getting, I'm <laughs> he feeling. wanted to
2: do it yeah he didn't want to do it oh, give me a break chicken and pizza works
1: yeah, well, well, that was the big joke yeah. this week. Chicken and Pizza Works.
0: They better hire 10 more guys because each restaurant. when
1: I seen those receipts the last time, and listen, I'm sure it's good for some people. I can't believe how much money they spent with Chicken and Pizza Works. Did you ever see those receipts?
2: Uh, I've seen the, the Gail Bernstein overtime payments. I, I haven't seen the breakdown of how much money they spent oh, on pizza. And oh, ladies. my God.
0: Dude, it was just like hammering one restaurant. You closed down a bunch of them. You could help everybody Bag out. Bag a lunch. <laughs> what are you buying these for?
1: Jesus. Yeah. Well, and we had Summer Sanders on the program, Olympic champion. And she says, why weren't we focusing on working out? Instead of making bread on Good Morning America, why didn't they have LeBron James saying, "This is what I do when I get up in the morning. Maybe you should try it." And things like that. It's almost like they wanted us to be continue to be fat and lazy. Even yeah. I was getting up and doing pushups and crunches and taking. We would take walks every day, and it, we would see people, and they're like, "You don't have a mask." And we're like, "Well, we're outside." Um, yeah. Now, literally, I think we needed to focus on that, and we
2: still have it, and I don't get it. it well. It, that's why at this point I, I just can't think it's incompetence. At this point, you could you could shrug it off as incompetence in the beginning, but at, but now continuing to ignore what we what we know, it, it almost just seems diabolical because. What they did in the beginning wasn't just wrong, it was diametrically opposed to what we should have been doing. Telling people don't go outside. Well, that's where you wanna be. Number one, it transmits less outside, and number two, there's this gigantic ball of fire in the sky that gives you vitamin D. Vitamin D is one of the number one things you can do to boost your immune system. They told us don't go to the gyms. That's the second best thing you can do for immune system is to go exercise. So those two things alone, don't exercise and don't go outside, The, the absolute, Right, d- direct opposite of what they should have been telling us all to do, and then instead of going out and and um, finding nutritious foods and cooking them, a lot of people sat home and got DoorDash, sitting oh, at home yeah. and eating McDonald's mm. and Applebee's and and it's all that. Awesome, other... <laughs> it, it might be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, cardiologists uh, love it. Keep doing that.
0: Uh, I, I saw this study that people are now uh, putting their anus to the sun and getting the vitamins through their anus. And that's real. That's real that they <laughs> say you, you really get your vitamins. And I was like, all these people are wanting a dog park. I'm like, let's just get a park where you can drop a <laughs> and get your ass up to the sun and get some vitamins. I you know? tell you what, that
2: would be, nothing would be more <laughs> fitting fit. than to yeah. see like 50 liberals in you Delaware park post, with their asses yeah, to the sky. <laughs> a big long wooden pieces of
0: wood and you just lean on. <laughs> Your ass up to the sun and oh. you know you're getting your vitamins. Everybody wants this fucking dog park. Well, here's the question. So apparently we elect our leaders to
2: mandate and we just blindly follow. So if Mark Pollenkarz told us that everyone has to do it, a minimum of 10 minutes of ass to the sky every day, and I'm gonna send <laughs> to out mandate. sanitarians and I'm gonna make sure everyone did you do I oh, that's only nine minutes and thirty seconds. I mandated ten minutes of ass to the sun. So where does it stop? Like I what I, you know, I, I kind of got in an argument day. you know, the other day in a restaurant. You know, he starts, you know, you don't listen to this. and You don't listen to this. I'm like, I don't listen to anything blindly. No, I don't. Certainly not from politicians and not even from doctors, frankly, um, because there's there's not a consensus on anything in this world. Not one single thing. So if a quote unquote expert tells you something, no, I'm going to go independently research it. I'm going to check out their credentials. I'm I'm going to see how I feel after I
0: put my ass to the sun. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I feel I'm not great, just gonna, no, I don't feel great.
2: Yeah. I'm like, not just going to blindly follow research. me. Straight. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but a lot of people were. And that I do. I just want to see where's the line. Because apparently so many people haven't found their line yet. I found my line day one. They said two weeks of slow spread. I said, nope, not going to do that. That looks like a complete lie to me. So I just, yeah. day one, nope, not going to do it. But a lot of people, are, you know, they slowly have woken up, you know. It, it takes people different months different stages but some people i just don't know if they're ever going to find their line there there's no amount of absurdity there's nothing their leaders and doctors will tell them that they won't just blindly follow and it's
1: it's really really scary
0: like what what you had a video where you pre- predicted like the whole oh yeah it's the happen Kathy again?
1: Hochul, uh, I, you were you were in a studio yeah and you you basically and that was this
2: was the WBBZ. In yeah, that was Phil like Arno. probably a
1: month before the election, let's say, give or take.
2: Um, I don't know when it, when it aired, but I think we sat down in, in mid to late September.
1: Okay. Yeah. And basically laid out exactly what is happening right now.
2: Yeah, and it doesn't make me smart. It just, it's just I, I, yeah. I know how to think like a Democrat, and I understand science. So I knew our cases were going to rise in November and December. It's sure. inevitable, and I knew their knee-jerk reaction to it was going to be not telling the – people the truth that this is seasonal we expected this take extra precautions if you're immunocompromised you might want to stay home you know these sorts of things no oh my god you guys aren't masking enough we we never would have seen this explosion in cases but for this it's all your bad behavior (laughs) no it's no one's fault everyone needs to understand if you catch covid it's not your fault all this it used to be democrats were really big on not victim shaming but now it's horrible victim shaming you guys have seen pat burke you know if you catch covid and you didn't get the vaccine then he wants to make it to where insurance companies don't have to pay for your coverage yeah victim shaming it's your fault you got COVID. you didn't take the vaccine you didn't wear a mask it's your fault but you know every day millions of people who diligently wear their masks and got their first shot and their second shot and their third shot are still getting covid so it's no one's fault is there anybody standing behind him being like that's right like, I don't know. Not one person. <laughs> not <laughs> one person. Well, you wouldn't be
1: able to see him if you
0: did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tell you who's standing
2: behind him. Whatever, I guarantee you, Pat Burke's not that smart. He didn't think of this all on his own. And But if you had introduced this bill a year ago, maybe. But I think people are just over this overreach now, over the overreach. Um, they, they've had enough. And I think he thought, like, oh, I'm brave. You know, good. No one wants to be perceived as not doing anything, you know. Especially politicians, they want to. I'm tough. I'm fighting this virus. I'm fighting for you. Uh, so I think he thought like, oh, this is you know, this is me being tough. This is me fighting the virus, and people are going to rally to my cause. No, I, I haven't seen one other politician back well, up on this. He's.
1: You talk about looking back and f- yeah. what people put on social media. He's back saying he didn't trust the vaccination. Yeah. Early on. And now he's telling you, you got to get vaccinated. Well, which is it there, Junior? Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I, the, I don't agree with everything. With he is a politician. Pat's my friend. Like, I like him as a guy. You know, he's not a bad guy. He's getting nice to the kids. He always donated to our center. You know, he does well of good. I'm not saying he's always right, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, uh, and this might just be a, a misstep, a fumble. Like I said, I don't think he thought of it on his own. I, and yeah. I think someone convinced him that this will make you look tough on – right the coronavirus and um it's a miscalculation i think would instead of very quickly coming out though and saying you know what you're right it's a slippery slope it's a miscalculation my heart was in the right place but i didn't really think this through he's doubling down and tripling down and that's just yeah like i
0: said i'm not a political person too and jim sends me like all these things and the first thing i see is wben or something i like (laughs) scroll past it that's why like when i saw Jazz miles i was like who's this guy (laughs) what's going on here you know i usually scroll past it but then when i see like this one i read it and i was like I was like, this one's just, this doesn't even make sense. Yeah.
2: I got to get one more other quick anecdote about Jazz Miles. <laughs> oh, anytime. <laughs> no, no, this, one's, this one, it's just about my folks. After the debate, my parents called me up like, you know, you did really good, but we love that
1: Jazz Miles guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, here's the other thing about the, the mandates and stuff. I think, it's, I think it's dangerous, and I see why people are doing it. Well, these are a the list of places that I'm never going to go again. Because they are mandated. And by the way, I've I, I've seen some great tweets about the uh, old pink's bathroom, which is <laughs> they laughing my balls <laughs> off. If, if if the pink wants to yeah. pretend
2: that they're now this, you know, they're on the side of health and safety, that's just I'm absurd. sure a lot of people got
0: vaccinated in the bathroom. There. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, well. and I think that's dangerous. I, I think what a lot of people are doing now is they're trying to go around these mandates in a way to still keep their business afloat. Um, I, I, I wish them luck. I'm really worried about these businesses in January and February. After Christmas, I think it's going to be... Head tilts and more. Yeah, more. You you might I, don't, see, I didn't want to do this you you to you guys. You might see lockdowns. Yeah. You'll see petitions for resignations of politicians. I think that's coming next. Um, everybody says to me, Who's gonna run for uh county executive next? And I don't have an answer. I, I don't see anyone down the pipe. I know I know the the okey doke with the Democrats, how they get people ready. Well, obviously uh Pat Jerk can't he can't run. We can't have that. That's that's not a candidate. Would you ever consider Going, I don't think bone is going to run either I think he may be appointed somewhere By the governor or something Because anyone that acts like that Has something in their back pocket He's a robot
0: like, I think he wants yeah. to
1: like shut it down again
0: So he can like, pretend he's human Play his guitar on the internet I think it's all about and his he's guitar Did I look human there? I look into his eyes It's like darkness I feel like he's like the Lord of the Rings like puppet guy They're like say it He scares me like, you know why he scares his me. His attention. Um, scares me a
2: lot. He, he's got his own television show every single day at two o'clock. Mark can't let go of his own television show.
0: Yeah. Like, why
2: would he? The, the, every day, if he says, I'm going to speak for an hour and they put him on television for an hour. That's the power for people who are narcissistic and love to yeah, see their yeah. beady
0: eyes on television. Why would like he I would hate to see him be a judge or something. Like, could well, you that, that's where that's... I think he's going to end up he's, being because be he's scared. a lawyer. People just need to—they'll—they'll they'll start digging. They'll find it. Take the blacklight out over at the—the the golf club over there, and you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I knew him before. He was a nice guy. I'm one of the reasons why he's a former hockey coach. Uh, I wish him luck. I hope that he sees the light and gets some vitamin D, but I don't see it, and. I hope he doesn't just, I hope he doesn't run again. Would you ever consider county executive? Yeah, I would consider it. I think, you know, the problem is that's two years
2: away. And if I sit on my butt and do nothing for two years, my wife's going to have a heart attack. Like she's fine with me doing nothing for a couple months. But, I, you know, so I'm honestly more looking. If I'm going to stick in politics, I'm going to probably do something in 22. And if I won in 22, then that would preclude me from 23. So. Um and if I so who knows maybe I run for look we'll at you know the rules already oh yeah. geez
1: Mayor Ben <laughs> yeah he's a prepared guy
2: I, but yeah so I'm gonna run for something in 22 almost certainly and and depending on whether I win or lose um then maybe I would run for county executive in 23 but at that point if I run for county executive in 23 it means I'm coming off the heels of two losses so I don't know that that's gonna be like elect yeah. elect Ben he lost the mayor race and then he lost whatever else but. Third time's the charm. So I don't know. I, I I intend to win the the next time I run, I'm going to win. So I need to find the right race and and I need to take it, uh, ultra seriously. And and I'm going to win. I think, you know, I made a a dent in the mayoral race, but I did it by myself and without any money. The next time I run, I'm going to do it with, with some people behind me and some money behind me and I'm going to win. So that probably takes 23 off the table, I hope. But, um, you know, my birthday's May 23rd, and I like the number 23. So, oh, who
1: knows? Yeah, well,
0: like because I was uh, I, I, my question to politicians—we've only had I think one or two, maybe. Well, but we, my we question to Garcia, them, we were the first you can, uh, interview for Garcia. Yeah, so that was our you can big nip one. this in the bud. What was your first message as a politician? What would you say your first message was in this race? I, you know, so people ask me
2: that. and My first message was just getting rid of partisan politics. You know, I was a Democrat for 20 years. 22 years um and when i decided to leave uh, uh, the democratic party of people were like oh you're automatically a republican and i'm like no i'm not mm-hmm. automatically a republican right now i'm zero party affiliation and that was my promise and i think it was appealing to a lot of people that i'm so sick and tired of the party divide i'm so sick and tired of i'm not going to support him because he's not in my party i'm not going to support her because she's not in my party uh, we just have to get beyond that Beating i
0: your chest about who you voted for exactly
2: and and uh, I, I just hope we get to a point. I think you know, COVID has really polarized us, in it's and it's. Creating these political divisions like whether or not you want to wear a mask should not be a Republican or a Democrat thing Whether or not you want to take a novel vaccine should not be a Republican or a Democrat thing They're creating these divisions and they're telling us that you know it's tribalism You know whether however you feel about the mask either makes you a Republican or a Democrat However you feel about the vaccine makes you that is not true And and so what I wanted my promise to people was I'm going to analyze every single issue with integrity with honesty with an open mind, and without viewing it through a political lens. And so that would be my number one goal as a candidate, is to just not succumb to party politics, to never, ever, ever put party um, over the people. And, And frankly... I got a whole 219 people to rally behind <laughs> yeah. that
1: message. 219 is a good number. Yeah. Well, you had that guy that had three. I, I never heard of him. <laughs> I, and I'm, I am was like, remember I said to you, so if I would have did a writing campaign and got four, they would have put my name yeah, on are like, You're stuff. like his idol. He, he wanted to run so bad. Well, I'm glad that the mayor did and he did because imagine if I would have won against India you got killed i, I can't no I, I wouldn't have got killed no. the, here's the thing <laughs> i would have got canceled i, I always <laughs> I, i've known jim
0: a long time and we started doing this podcast it's like why with jimbo and i'm like because i had to go back to my tommy boy reference i had to say because it's like selling a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves it's like if we yeah. can get people to listen to this like people do not like jim
1: <laughs> like, well because i'm a free thinker. yeah and, I, and like I do you the know research before you know like you said a parody I was uh, talking to a couple area politicians. They're like, oh, well, I got to stick with the party with India. And I'm like, fuck the party. What about the people? And the people are scared of what is could happen here. So maybe you should think about the people and not your party.
2: Well, and that's what's really, really frightening. Because normally, you know, you get your two generic candidates. You got your generic Republican. You got your generic Democrat. And in that scenario, then I can see reflexively just going with your party candidate. But this time around... I've met Indy Walton a couple of times. She's a nice person, sure, but she's a smart person, but she would have been a disaster for this town, an absolute disaster. She's got an ideology that's absolutely crazy. She's on camera saying she wants to defund the police. She's on camera saying she's a socialist. So for if if there was ever a time in your life you didn't just blindly vote for the person who was your party's nominee, this would have been the time. But An unhealthy number of people in this town said, well, she won the primary. She's the Democrat. I'm a Democrat. I have to, despite everything I just listed that would make her completely unqualified. Yeah, I'm disappointed
1: in uh, a couple of these guys. I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but uh, it will not be forgotten, especially when I see them. And he knows how it is. It gets a little uncomfortable. They won't notice with the mask. Is he happy? Is he angry? Is he happy? Is he angry? I don't know. That's the one good thing about yeah. the mask. He's like, I'm not going to order a confusing drink, though. He's like, a beer. Any beer. I could throw my voice and I could impersonate people. So, like, I'll go through Wegmans and I'll just start fucking with people. Oh, I like that. Which, so I've entertained myself with the mask just because I don't want anybody to talk to me, let alone about a mask or whether i got one so i just throw it on and it's basically wegmans yeah. uh, or tops i don't shop at wegmans anymore but i hope to see you, i would love to see you move <laughs> into Do you remember the,
0: when we were going to vote the mask the guy that knew oh, us in the yeah.
1: <laughs> so we go to vote and our buddy smitty's in line and there's a woman out there like a british lady. like a british woman <laughs> Tell me I got to have a mask on. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It says, please. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that I have to. And, like, and this guy it, doesn't well.
0: recognize us in line. He's still looking forward, looking forward. And then, like, the conversation keeps going on. then he, and then okay.
1: he goes, Jimmy, just put a fucking mask yeah, on. Yeah, he was like, you? this
0: is going to get out of hand. He was just like, please, for me.
1: Like, And, we're and like, I go, Fine. are you British? <laughs> what is going on here? What do we vote for the queen, Marky? <laughs> no. They're like, please just
0: don't I just want to vote and leave.
1: They're <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't do this. And I'm like, well, my councilman said I don't have to wear a mask. If, and here we know, are.
0: We were like, fuck it. All fuck right, it. We'll we do it for Smitty. He's wanted, a good guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh I'd like to see you move into Pat Burke's uh district and challenge him. I know that you you have a lot of national guys, I think, that have said you need help on whatever you run. I'm with you. I've seen I've seen some of them uh, I see Caputo loves you.
2: It's all, I honestly um I'll take support from wherever I can get it. Yeah. Um and and I'm keeping my options open. I don't know. I don't live in Pat Burke's district, right? And I don't know that I want to um, deal with the snow in Pat Burke's district. I, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so <laughs> I live downtown. I get you know like a centimeter of snow a year. Well, you move to his South- district, it's like four feet every day. So I
1: don't know. You if- move to South Buffalo on the outskirts of his district, you will love snow because when it, we get killed with snow, the whole place shuts down. It's beautiful. And bars run out of booze. We're, which I don't think that'll happen again And there's a lot of camaraderie So I think you'd change your mind on that um, it's if, like, if
2: I'm within walking distance of bars that stay open I could probably handle a, a yeah. snowstorm Sorry yeah. doll, I gotta go out and deal with uh, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go shovel yeah. some, sidewalks, uh, some constituents I Gotta get uh, my name out there There's something going on uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Well there's a joke uh, Like guys that stop in the bars Like oh He tells his wife he's getting bread One slice at a time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I I I enjoy I enjoyed watching and you're still a good follow on Twitter um it's crazy times mayor Ben I I, re, I really hope we pull through it and I hope guys like you smart guys thinkers like you um, yeah go a bunch office. of kids.
0: watch idiocracy and get it yeah, yeah. yeah when smart yeah. people get together they need to put them out in the world no here's <laughs> the deal
2: Western New York we're gonna be fine uh, mm-hmm. I, I was this time last year, I wasn't as optimistic, but, but I'm, I'm super optimistic. We're going to be fine. We're going to, um, w- w- it just, it's going to require just being a little nicer to, to everyone's neighbors, people who don't have your same perspective. We're just going to have to be a little nicer and talk to them. You know, 2020, I got really jaded and, and now I'm trying a different approach and it's trying to understand, honestly, the mental torture that a lot of people have gone through over the last 18 months. And, and it's affected some people very seriously oh, yeah. and they don't need to be ridiculed. Um, they just need to be talked to rationally. And uh, I understand where you're coming from, but, it, you know, walk me through it. Um, that's what it's going to take. We're, we're the the community is going to have to come together and, and, you know, you said, I, I, you know, I called it with, um, with that interview and where we were going to be in November and December doesn't give me any, no. um, happiness whatsoever. I don't want to go around saying, I told you so. Although I did tweet out, I don't want to be that guy. I'd rather, you know, when this is all over. Um, who who was right and who was wrong? Who overreacted? Who <laughs> underreacted? I, I hope we just skip right past that. I've got a couple of buddies that just still don't talk to me
0: because I don't believe the garbage on MSNBC, and I think
2: but for myself. But they don't. And they talk to you
0: face to face. Like they see this. It's all social media. It's like we're not together anymore. People, when yeah. you get in front of them, they they're not the same. You know, we notice it more and more. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, get this guy on your podcast and be really funny. And then like we kind of leave like, you know. You put a microphone in his face, you know, or you know, you see somebody face to face. It's not always yeah. the same exact reaction. Yeah, you know, you know like your buddies could be like, "Fuck it, fuck you." You said this on Facebook. It's like, yeah, but you didn't know how I said it.
1: And that's a big thing. Well, I hope people work out. I tell people all the time. I know it doesn't look like I do, but I do a couple calisthenics in the in the morning. <laughs> uh, eat your vitamins. Get your zinc. Get your ass up. Get your yeah. sun um and think i think that's the main topic on this episode you
0: got anything else for
1: us no
2: oh. i mean i would just to wish everyone a happy thanksgiving i uh my wife worked all last night so i went to mother's and had a turkey sandwich but we're hitting the road right now and we're going to go down to nashville all my brothers and sisters are in town that's where my folks live and uh and I'm going to spend the holidays with my family. We're not going to talk politics, and we're not going to yeah, talk about yeah. We have that big
0: thing with our family we're too. We're just
2: going to, and most of us agree. But you know, some of my family's vaccinated, some of them's not. Some of them like to wear masks, some of them don't. But yeah. we're not going to talk about any of that crap. We're going to hug. We're going to laugh. We're going to think about good times. We're going to make memories, and we're going to plan for the future, and and and, uh, and we're going to not uh, waste this opportunity. I think if what's really, really sad over the last year and a half, the people who've died alone. People who've said things like, well, I don't know how much longer my grandparents are going to be alive, so I'm not going to go say hi to them and risk them dying of COVID. I'm like, well, if you don't know how much longer your grandparents are going to be alive, why would you waste one second? Go hang out with them. Go give yeah. them a hug. It's terrible. this This idea that we have to stay apart to be together no it, we, no right. one's guaranteed any time on this earth we don't
0: need more fucking kumbaya on facebook like everybody when if this ever goes to lockdown don't think it's time to play a song with your acoustic guitar on facebook <laughs> it's not
1: a good time ever the only thing that came up in my dinner was jimbo i love the nickname that you've given the county executive and it really has caught fire lego hair <laughs> lego
2: <laughs> hair i like it yeah
1: because <laughs> it, it, it's 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 not as cheap as colon carts like you gotta get you gotta get creative a little bit Whoa. and uh and it's a little bit mysterious yeah i, mean, it's like, well, who the I fuck's love serious yeah. um but uh keep thinking and uh like we do for everyone ben carlisle you are our lessons to talk brother thank awesome. you awesome thank and you and enjoy guys. your vacation god bless everybody